at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Let's move on to our next story now. A lot of you have been asking us about the latest regarding our men's and women's football teams in Morocco. We spoke to uh, the acting CEO at Saskook yesterday who said that they did not give Safa the permission to go to the All-Africa Games, but Safa were already on their way to Morocco and they are in Morocco now. They're under a 20 men's team and the women's team. They're due to play tomorrow, the men against the host and the ladies on Sunday, but Saskook was adamant that they don't have accreditation and they won't be recognized. And let's get the latest now from Walter Mukherjee. Mugwena, who joins us on the line. My goodness, I have to say this right. Walter Mugwena. It is such an honor for us to speak to you, sir. One of the people that I looked up in broadcasting. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Well, thank you very much uh, for the kind words, uh, Tabiso, and uh, good evening to the listeners. Good evening, uh, Walter. Uh, firstly, I think everyone is keen to find out what is your role in the sports ministry I was appointed as a special advisor to the Minister of Sport, Arts and Culture in June uh, to serve uh, in his uh, ministry and department as part of the sixth administration. Oh, so it's not just sport, it's also, it includes arts and culture, everything that the minister is in charge of. Correct. That's great. And what are you hoping to bring to this department? I think a man of your experience is really much needed in this kind of positions or in this field. Well, I mean, um, I, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, first, uh, as you know, that um, uh, this there's a merger between these uh, departments of arts and culture and sports and recreation to form the Department of Sport, Arts and Culture. And that was really is a charge with uh, social cohesion. Um, how do we, you know, use sport, arts and culture? to drive social cohesion in the country. I think for us, it's really and my role is to support uh, the minister in all his uh, efforts uh, in discharging his responsibility and mandate uh, that he has. So it's to support him in every way possible uh, that he wishes. And how's it, how's it been so far? Are you enjoying it? Well, um, it's uh, especially given this week in a <laughs> baptism of fire, <laughs> as you know, which is why we are talking yeah. now. And I need to clarify, the spokesperson for the minister is Asanda Makak. Yes. But uh, she's been, she's, you know, she's taken off a couple of days. And we also have Nikki Modisane, who speaks for on matters that relates to the department, but <clears throat> felt the need, you know, so that uh, we are not accused of not giving uh, information as I've been directly dealing uh, with this matter uh, so yeah it's been but it's been quite uh, an exciting challenge as well most of our teams as you know on the world stage the last one to come now next month yeah. to support the Springboks in Japan we were at the uh, at the uh, netball congress in Liverpool mm. on the 10th and the 11th of last month and we also supported our team we watched them play in the first match against uh, Jamaica uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously had to, before we get back to the real nuts and balls, but to support our team on the world stage as they represent, um, you know, a brand South Africa. Now let's talk about this tough week, uh, Walter. There, we seem to have a saga here with our football teams in Morocco, but we spoke to Saskok last night. They say they didn't give them permission. As the ministry, when did you find out about this matter? Well, on the 13th of uh, August, Tabiso, uh, we received a letter from uh, from Safa uh, uh, that was uh, sent by Russell Paul, the acting CEO 
asking for um, assistance with regard to this matter that um, uh, there is an impasse between the uh, SASCOC and, uh, and SAFA as it relates to participation in the All-Africa Games in Morocco. And um, so Minister has been uh, uh, on leave, uh, you know, as everyone who works is entitled uh, to have leave. So he's been on leave, but um, he had to spring into action and try and find out what were the issues here and how can we resolve this matter amicably. Yeah. And so the process started. The consultation, uh, together with our acting minister, Minister Togo Titiza, liaising with our minister, Minister Martin Teto, uh, together with the, the stakeholders, uh, the president of uh, SASCOC, Mr. Gideon Sam, and the president of uh, SAFA, uh, Mr. Dali Jordan, you know, trying to find what could be the common ground, because clearly, uh, you know, SASCOC were not budging on the fact that... Um, uh, the, the men's uh, under-20 and women's under-20 team were deregistered uh, in June when they were preparing the final codes that uh, will go to participate. Uh, so I'm not sh- quite sure where the communication gaps were, but clearly they were because uh, SAFA said they were informed um, uh, in a form of a proposal. It was never a resolution. And then it turns out that actually there was some form of a board resolution uh, that was taken on the matter. But ours was to uh, to find a, a, a common ground so that uh, the reputation of the country on the international stage is not impaired uh, by this kind of a standoff. So that is where the leadership uh, through Minister Natim Tertwa and our acting minister, the Togo Titiza, were trying to then find that solution which has been going on for the last 48 hours. And as we speak now, uh, the uh, SASCOP processes are following because it's, uh, it's not just cut and pie to say, well, uh, this is the position, then uh, the team must participate. There are processes that uh, are being followed. We've been liaising with Mr. Kondi Sanguenya, mm. uh, who's also uh, been the liaison person from SASCOP's side. So... We believe that, uh, you know, there is some fine, some kind of uh, accommodation that is happening on this matter, which uh, I'm sure at the conclusion of the SASCO processes, they, they'll be able to release a statement from us, from their side. We did speak to Mr. Nguenya last night, and I, I want to find out from your understanding or from what you've been told, because I couldn't figure it out last night. Is it a matter of miscommunication because they said that they sent Sapphire a letter in June and they didn't respond, or is it just two bulls locking horns here? Well, you know, um, it, it is very difficult, uh, uh, you know, to find out exactly what happened, because now it's only in the case of a dispute that you have to go through all the email trails and all the communication, what was sent to who, when, and what was the content of uh, that communique. So um, it, it is something that I think uh, at a later stage in, in just trying to, to address this matter in, in totality, we'd have to get through all of it to avoid it happening. Because remember, we still have the Olympics coming up mm. in, uh, in Japan uh, next year so that we avoid a similar situation because there's many other codes uh, that which also uh, have been affected by this. I believe it's seven other codes, including soccer for yeah. the All-Africa Games. 
but uh, obviously the position that now the team was registered, if the team does take the field, it will be in an unofficial capacity. Uh, unofficial capacity meaning that if they accrue any points, uh, that will almost certainly count for zero. It is to allow the team that's been in camp to now participate. That is, of course, pending the processes of SASCOC, which, they, as I said, they're currently you know, discussing those. So even though the team is there and they're in the fixture list, they've officially been deregistered? Well, that was the communication that we've received, um, you know, as we're digging deeper into this matter, that uh, they were deregistered. Well, in fact, the, the, the correct terminology is that the codes that we're going to the All-Africa game does not include football. Yes, yes. So you can call that, uh, you know, that they have been deregistered. But it means that uh, in SASCOP's view that um, only the, the codes which their participation in the All-Africa game would, would, would help them to qualify for the Olympics based on, uh, you know, financial constraints, etc., etc. Now, um, there's an issue of uh, our country already having been fixtured to play, as you said, tomorrow yeah. in your opening, the match uh, that's taking place, and also on Monday. Um, so it would have constituted a no-show by South Africa, which I don't think it would, it would have represented the country uh, uh, in, in any way. Uh, it wouldn't have done the country any favors. And hence, then, uh, uh, the intervention uh, by the minister to say, uh, how do we make sure that uh, these players are at least able to participate because they had already qualified for, uh, according to the communication which received from SAFA, they had mm-hmm. already qualified for the All-Africa Games prior to the position of on policy criteria that was communicated by SASCOC. And uh, therefore the decision uh, in the interest of uh, you know development, uh, football, and also Africa, South Africa's role on the continent as well, importantly, so that this sort of a thing does not impact on how South Africa is viewed on the continent, particularly as all Africa game, it's a very important uh, platform for players, uh, you know, for their growth and development. So I think really it's, um, it wasn't to, to be an arbiter of what, what is wrong or what wrong was committed by any of the uh, sides, either SASCOP or SAFA, but was to say what is best for South Africa uh, going forward insofar as uh, this tournament is concerned. So where are we now then? I think you're very clear that you want the teams to play uh, with the under-20s, with the men's team playing tomorrow. Where are we and who exactly now are you interacting with? Are you, do you now have to go to the organizers of the All-Africa Games? Do you have to go to CAF? Well, well, the process as it has unfolded, uh, Taviso, is, is that um, uh, SASCOC uh, is the mother body, the Sports Confederation and the Olympic uh, Committee, is the one that can grant that permission procedurally to, to the South African Football Association for the men's and women team to take place in this tournament. So the ball really has been thrown back in their court. Uh, so, you know, because there's processes, because that letter that we then go to SAFA is the one that they will produce to the LOC mm. in Morocco uh, that then legitimizes, you know, their involvement, albeit in an unofficial capacity.
Are you hopeful that they'll play tomorrow? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, the position uh, that has been taken, uh, you know, by government through the Department of Sport, Arts and Culture is that uh, Team South Africa, when the time to come for the fixture to take place, uh, Team South Africa must represent the Republic of South Africa. And finally, I know that you've said it earlier on that this is not the time to look at who did what, what went wrong, what led to this. But after this tournament, are you going to go back to find out how we got to this mess? Well, um, parallel to this process, uh, <clears throat> is a, as you would know, that uh, there's been a, 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 an issue of the ministerial inquiry into SASCOC, yes, which yes, was yes. instituted by, um, by Minister Nessie yes. at the time. So currently there is that process. The minister has already convened two board meetings um, with the SASCOC and this board to to look at the implementation of the recommendation as proposed by Justice Zulman, who was chairing uh, uh, that inquiry. So there is a parallel process that is taking place to implement those findings so that to make sure that uh, uh, this sort of thing does not happen, not only this, and many others which... Uh, uh, were flagged in that report and you know SASCOC obviously they have their AGM uh, towards the end of this year in November if I'm not mistaken yeah. where uh, you know constitutionally uh, their president uh, president uh, Mr. Kidion Sam would be stepping down by virtue of uh, the age limit having turned 70 in the month of August that would necessitate and also uh, another member as well who retired due to age that necessitates the AGM having to, uh, you know, to elect um, people into that position before their quadrennial, which is their actually elective Congress. So, so all of these issues, you know, are being addressed as we speak. And um, uh, at the right time, uh, the minister will be able to address uh, the country on the state of of uh, where we are in terms of uh, making sure that, um, you know, the all the recommendations are implemented heading forward as we prepare Team South Africa for, for the Olympics in 2020. And finally, Walter Mukwena, on behalf of uh, everybody that you inspired in broadcasting, and uh, including myself, have we lost you? Are you ever going to come back to broadcasting? Do you miss the space? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, ours is to serve. Even way, what you're doing, Tabiso, you're serving the people of this country uh, in in the area of broadcasting. I have done my bit uh, serving in the area of broadcasting and media for the past 21 years. I think now with this um, deployment by uh, uh, by the minister, uh, he asked that my talent be used elsewhere to serve also. So um, uh, I, I'm not sure that it, it takes me out of this sport arena other than a different area uh, within the sports ecosystem. Well, at least you're still involved in sport. Walter, it's been an honor for me to speak to you. We wish you all the best, and hopefully we will chat again going forward. And also, just before I go, I'd like to you know, wish a speedy recovery to a friend and colleague, David Kekana, who's uh, um, you know, suffered, uh, who's gravely ill in hospital. Mm. Uh, we've worked together for many years, and uh, uh, we've asked also appeal for prayers, you know, uh, for the men, men of sport, David Kekana, who 
took ill and um, we asking that uh, the nation also join us in praying for him and wishing him a speedy recovery. Oh, definitely, certainly do. And we'll spread that message, Walter. Thank you very much for letting us uh, to that. And thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Thank you very much, Travis. Thank you. That's the one and only the great Walter Mukwena speaking to us on SAFM. And on that note, let's speak to a man who's always got uh, um, his ears on the ground. He always knows what's happening. Velile Mnyando from SABC Sport. He's been following this story. He actually broke the story this week about this uh, uh, struggle. I don't want to call it a power struggle. Maybe some miscommunication. I don't know what it is between Safa and Saskok. Velile, good evening. Thank you for, 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 for joining us. Yeah, good evening, Tyson, also to SFM listeners. You broke this story, and I still want to find out here, is this really a miscommunication, or is it just people standing their ground? Um, I think it's the combination of uh, both. Many people standing their ground, and and also maybe miscommunication um, in the sense that when you listen to Saskok, um they say the decision of the board was taken last year already. In fact, um, in, in in June already. And and and, and then again, uh, there was a letter that was sent uh, to the federations and Safa didn't didn't respond. But then again, you you also look at when the draw um, was done um, by KEF, uh, because it, I think that is also important to to clarify um, that normally the under twenty three team. Uh, plays in the All Africa Games and they are qualifiers. Mm. But when Kev took a decision um, around May uh, that the Afcon under 23 uh, qualifiers um, will be moved from uh, June uh, to September, it then meant that it's going to be impossible for the under 23 uh, to to also double up um, in, in in this tournament. So Kev took a decision uh, to take the eight teams. Minus the host, which became seven, which was Niger, uh, the eight teams that played in the Afcon under 20 uh, in Niger uh, to to play in this tournament, and then the eighth team would be uh, the host Morocco. And in the same vein, they took um, the eight teams or the seven teams uh, that played in the Afcon, what is the African Women's uh, Afcon, uh, that played in. Um, in Ghana last year, and minus the host system Ghana, they took all those teams uh, to, to represent uh, the women's team. So th- th- that is how we got to this decision that South Africa has automatically qualified uh, to be part um, of this um, All Africa Games and won't have to play um, the, 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 the qualifiers. But the decision that I now I understand coming from Southcock was that due to the the lack of funding and this is another topic for another day we've spoken about this offline yeah. um due to the financial constraints that they are finding uh, themselves in that the football teams uh don't necessarily require uh, to play in this tournament um in that is in, in terms of uh, the all Africa games uh, to to work towards the qualification for tokyo olympics next year there's a separate qualification process which I was already talking about, that is continuing from next month and also in November. So in terms of maybe trying to cut costs, maybe they will have to sacrifice the football team. But I don't know now what happened between Kev taking a decision to get South Africa to automatically qualify and 
and also to be drawn, especially after the draw, was the communication uh, during during that time. So I, I think I think for me it's a it's a combination of both. Okay, I want to take a quick break and then I just want to get a reaction from you of how the teams are doing then and how they've taken to this with Simpio Lulu uh, coaching the women's team and uh, Helmen Mkalele at the men's under-20s. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So, Velile, you reported this week that the teams were stuck here in uh, South Africa. I'm not sure if you were able to speak to them. How have they reacted uh, to, to, to this and how would it affected the teams? Uh, let me tell you, um, I remember the story it was two days ago because uh, on the same day I was at Safa House because I appointed to do an interview with the president. And, and um, well, In fact, um, that morning, even the night before, I had been trying to reach the camp. And even in that morning, uh, trying to reach the camp, I only found out later that uh, actually the team was also in the precinct, uh, in the Safa building, as they were waiting. Uh, they were trying to make sure that the media doesn't reach to them because I only found out later why the team was avoiding contacting the media because they, the situation was still not clear if they are going or not. So uh, we've not even seen the team um, training, but I understand that they've, they've been training for, for for close to it's, it's, I think this is the second week that they've been they've been in camp now. Uh, you will also recall that uh, originally the 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 men who are supposed to coach this team um, has since been appointed as the caretaker coach of Bafana Bafana, mm. uh, Mr. Molesteke, uh, and as a result, now the man who was the assistant uh, to to the former coach Tabo Sinong Mkelele is the one. Uh, who will be taking this team. But when you look at the composition of the team, uh, I mean, uh, Glenn Burgess was part of uh, the AFCON under-20 World Cup uh, squad and also uh, the AFCON as well. You look at Daba, you look at uh, someone like Kudabinde, some of the players, but not all of them, um, are players who've been part uh, of the under-20 team. But also you've got some of those players um, who... Who, who are also coming from overseas. You look at someone like uh, Spitlerem Shalosa, who uh, coming from South Hampton, yes. Um, you also look at uh, a boy by the name of Katla Komashiko, um, he's, from, he's from Ireland. And when I spoke to the SAFA president, these are some of the players that he was also talking about, that they need um, to come and, and, and represent the team. And, you know, if this team uh, had not <laughs> boarded the plane, have you so uh, you you have about uh, players from Victoria Festival uh, in Portugal who were already flown back from their teams as uh, the goalkeeper Bushet Damane and the two boys that I've just, uh, just mentioned as well um, Anele Matala as well so these are the boys who are already uh, coming from overseas been here already but it will be interesting but I don't think uh, I'm not really sure about the men's under 20 team uh, but I don't think the under 20 women's team is really going to have that much of a challenge when you look at the fact that they are fresh from uh, the Kosafa under 20, which they finished third winning the bronze medal um, under the stewardship um, of uh, Ushoti. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Canavaro, the only uh, defender that we can look back to have won uh, the FIFA Football of the Year in, in our lifetime. Okay, let's go to the voice note that's come through. How can you determine that athletes, athletes, they will go to a tournament like the Olympics or the African Championship in Morocco? They don't stand a chance of winning 
any metals is these guys but i think it's a problem with having people like sam staying in the job for a long time and it's about time we get young people and people understand sport as you can see now even now today you don't have a, a, a vibrant minister of sport as the guys look to me as tired and they're not interested in sport so i think it's better this country get people who know the sport to be in charge of sport in the country is better that the athletes of the country will be respected throughout the world. But as we can see now, the guy you are talking to is look like he's no no not knowing anything. He's just talking, but talking something he knows nothing about. Oh no, I don't think he's referring to Velile. Apologies. Actually, this voice note came through yesterday um, when we were talking about Sasko, when we were talking to the acting uh, CEO of Sasko, Kondisa Ngwenya. Now, Velile, with Safa having sent their teams there, did they defy Sasko? Um, I don't think it's uh, entirely a matter of defying Saskok because um, it's a pity I didn't listen to the interview we had with Walter, but um, I think we are seeing also the intervention of government here, Tabiso, because people also don't know that uh, if, for instance, if South Africa is not represented, especially by its football teams there, and taking nothing away from other uh, sporting codes, we all know which is the number one sporting code on the continent. And and now, the challenge is that when it comes to the All-Africa Games, All-Africa Games uh, previously were games that were uh, organized by government uh, in terms of everything logistical. It was, it was just government. Mm. And also, they are part of the component of sport that comes from the African Union. So the first person to answer on this will be the Ministry and the Development of Sport. So it's important that whatever happens around this, the Minister of Sport uh, is kept abreast and also understands. But the bigger challenge here, Tabiso, the bigger challenge, and I think for me, uh, this is something that we should talk about uh, in the next few weeks, that the lack of, there's, there's a serious uh, lack of funding. When it comes to sport. When it comes to sport in the country. Please hold that thought right there because that's actually something we were going to discuss uh, today. But we we, we couldn't get hold of one of our Mm. guests uh, who was going to talk to us about this. I want you to hold that thought, Velile, because we're going to invite you when we have that conversation, if you can just bear with us. Uh, That is SABC Sport reporter Velile Mnyandu. Let's make a quick turn quickly to the U.S. We couldn't get to this interview yesterday about uh, the boxing Joshua Ruiz 2 and Raimundo Diosis joins us on the line now. Raimundo, good evening from us on SAFM in South Africa. Thanks again for speaking to us. Hello, good evening, and thank you for having me. What is happening here? Eddie Hearn went ahead, announced the rematch, but Ruiz didn't say anything until yesterday. Well, this is just an amazing thing. What, what's going on here is it's the heavyweight showdown before the heavyweight showdown. On one side, you have Eddie Hearn and DeZone and Anthony Joshua. On the other side, you have Andy Ruiz and the enigma Al Heyman of Premier Boxing yep. Champions. So this this was just an amazing uh, business battle before the actual boxing battle. And it's, it's an amazing story, uh, and we'll have to wait it out to see where it goes from here. Eddie Hearn is adamant that the fight is going to take place in Saudi Arabia. Why is he so sure and why does he insist on going ahead despite the champion not approving? Well, he uh, feels that contractually that he can demand it. And if 
Andrew Ruiz does not show up to Saudi Arabia on December 7, he will face uh, litigation. So Eddie Herm, Matchroom, and DAZN will sue Andy Ruiz, uh, which they may be able to do if he doesn't uh, show up on December 7th to Saudi Arabia. So the question is, what is what does Andrew Ruiz want? Does he want more money, or does he want the location to change, or does he want both of those things? And as a champ, does he not have the right or does he not hold the cards to decide? Well, in this case, he had signed a rematch clause in the event that he beat Anthony Joshua, that he agreed to an immediate rematch and reportedly for $9 million. So um, an interesting thing with uh, sanctioning bodies is a lot of premier boxing champions, uh, actual title holders, uh, don't hold it in too much respect. Some of them are aware that the the fighter makes the the champion, not the champion or the title making the fighter. So sometimes they're able or willing to give up their titles. That would be a little amazing to see Andy Ruiz do, but he could do that. He could um, let you know the fight not happen, let go of his titles, and just keep fighting. So that's it's just the amazing business battle that, that we're seeing right in front of our eyes. That is incredible, Raimundo. We're going to catch up with you again about this, but thank you very much for just joining us uh, quickly here in South Africa. Please keep us updated. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, South Africa fans. Uh, nice to talk with you again, and let's do it again. Thank you so much. And, and how do people follow you on your publication? They can follow me at threemorerounds.com or fightnetradio.com. Okay, thanks Raymundo for speaking to us. Incredible stuff happening here between Ruiz and Anthony Joshua too. Uh, clearly Eddie Hand trying to force the hand of the champion here. As you can hear, Songa Zumapek eager to come and start his show. He's coming up next after the news.